Welcome back to West Coast Mix and Bounce. I'm your co-host, Leslie Torres, joined by... I'm Bronna Marks. Yep. West Coast Mix and Bounce is brought to you by Sports Al Dente, your recipe for L.A. sports. If you love this podcast and love L.A., then you need to check out sportsaldente.com right now. We are a Los Angeles player-centric media platform and our passion is to feature the great players and teams of LA. We are also fully dedicated to giving expert weekly and daily advice in the world of fantasy football. So check that out. And then we also offer three different affordable membership packages, monthly, yearly, and lifetime. So when you go to subscribe, make sure to use the promo code WCMB and get 10% off any package. Make sure to connect with us once you subscribe. Now, let's get to the good stuff. In today's episode, we are going back to our playoff predictions. We kind of edited, analyzed what we said in our last podcast and we're going to say what we think based on the standings as of today. So, Rana, I've talked enough. <laughs> Start us off with yeah. the first matchup. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely a little different than um, a few weeks ago when we last talked. Uh Primarily, actually, the same teams, just a little bit of a shift. So looking at playoffs, we're 11 days away from playoffs beginning, and we're nine days away from away from like looking at an actual set chart with no movements, even though most of the teams, if not all of them have basically clinched a spot, no matter who else outside of the bubble is going yeah. to move up or down depending on wins or losses. So right now at the top of the bracket is golden state, obviously and facing the bottom seed. As of today, it would be OKC that may change um, because the Spurs are, um, the Spurs are a little bit in between with their schedule, and OKC has dropped a lot <laughs> since the How last time that we spoke. That, right? Yeah, we they dropped from third to Clippers. eighth. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, what so happened? the Clippers have moved up. Honestly, I mean, I have no idea. There are there's six and thirteen that their their most recent run is six and thirteen. So. Dropping from third to the eighth seat is like, what is going on? <laughs> it's crazy, but it's also because they are so close within one another. They're like three games apart. So losing two games in a row or one game, you're going to drop drastically. And it's crazy because I agree with you. They're already going to the playoffs. Now it's all about seeding and who mm -hmm. wants to play who. And so, yeah, so Warriors-Thunder matchup. What do you think? Who's going to win? I'm so nervous to see what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have the Warriors. I think uh, the Thunder can definitely put up a fight, um, but they also can get sweeped. It's just, there's, I don't know. They're just not a very consistent team. Like, their highs are very high, and then their lows are very low. So, I mean, it just really depends on their energy. They seem primarily healthy right now. I'm actually watching them. Um, against the Lakers on TV right now, ironically. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I just really think it depends on how they're feeling. I mean, Russell Westbrook obviously is an emotional player. Now, if he decides to get crazy during the 
during the playoffs and, you know, can't play, then that's really going to affect them. Then they, they're probably going to get swept if they don't have him. Um, but if they, they manage to keep their players on kind of an emotional balanced play, uh, I think they'll, they'll put up a fight. They'll put up a good fight, but I really think the Warriors are just going to tire them out. I think o, um, OKC is they're prone to getting tired and frustrated very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for them to just stay on a level playing ground. I think. Yeah, I agree. They are inconsistent and we can see that Westbrook has kind of shown up and Paul George has kind of slowly just been eh, going down and not being mm-hmm. playing at the level that we were used to seeing just two weeks ago. I was mm-hmm. raving about how great they were and how they finally got their chemistry going and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm here looking, feeling so stupid <laughs> because <laughs> they made a complete switch and their energy is just off now. For someone who I thought like Paul George that had finally got it together, he hasn't been as consistent. And so it relies back again on Russell Westbrook's shoulders. Yeah. These last, honestly, like week or so really, really defines teams because it's a, it's a 82 games, you know, season. So after all those games trying to stay consistent and now you're in like real pressure mode, it really shows like what teams can grow from that pressure or which teams just get crushed by it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So who do you have? Who do you have winning? So no surprise the Warriors I don't (laughs) don't feel that Russell Westbrook would allow the Thunder to get swept but you never know because if it's just him doing all the work it's Mm -hmm. not enough it's not enough so I would say maybe game five game six I'm giving them a couple maybe at home and yeah basically the only reason because it's kind of hard as we've mentioned like in previous podcasts it's hard to go against a team like the Warriors it's it is it is hard to bet against them and as you said the Thunder being inconsistent I don't see them either making it to the second round or beating the Warriors yeah and even the Warriors ironically I was reading a lot of stuff today and people were um I guess nitpicking against their their last few weeks. You know, they haven't been playing with the utmost rigor. And I think mm-hmm. that just also comes into the fact that everybody's tired at this point in the season, yeah. you know? Um, they, they've lost 11 home games, which is apparently more in uh, the last three seasons as uh, Steve Kerr as a coach. And then you have, you know, the drama with, Kerr, um, Steph and Durant and Green got fined for talking about the refs. All three of them got fined. So it's just kind of like, I mean, we've seen that in the beginning of the season, in the middle of the season. It's going to happen. But right now, I think people are just trying to, like, just get to the playoffs. You know, just let's get to the point here. (laughs) Yes. Um, and I, I think all, all teams are kind of feeling that. I mean, we're going to get to it, but I think the only team that's, that actually really turned it around was the Clippers. But we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like we're trying to find something within the Warriors, and we just can't seem to find it. I don't mm-hmm. think, like, it is a huge deal that they've lost that many home games. It's still just the 11 games out of the 82 games in the entire season. So I wouldn't really nitpick at that, 
But I do think that there are a lot of extra stuff happening within the Warriors and within themselves that can maybe take a toll on the organization and the players. So we might not see the same Warriors that we're used to, but that does not mean that it's an easy route for every other team in the Western Conference. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Far from it. I think yeah. even at their worst, they're still better than 90% <laughs> of the teams out there. You I know? agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So who are we looking at next? Houston Jazz, right? Who do you have? So I have the Jazz. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I have, I have the Rockets, but honestly, Honestly, I'm kind of at a toss-up between the two. I feel like the Jazz just have, like, a little spunk about them that can be very, like, unpredicting um, and that maybe they could upset them, like, in a seven-game thing. And and uh, this is a rematch. So they yes. have a redemption to come for. And they went down 4-1 last year. So it's like, okay, we're definitely not getting embarrassed like like how we did last year. Um, and if anything, they may come out on top. I mean, um, obviously you have a, a possible MVP candidate in James Harden. He's putting up 50 points, you know, a lot of the games and he's breaking all kinds of records. I mean, he's really leading his team just in stats in assists and just almost everything. But I really think the jazz, uh, that rege- that redemption quality they have to be set up with them if they if they do play and the seeds don't move, I think they're going to give them a really hard time. <laughs> I I agree with you. I have, like I said, I, I think the Utah Jazz will make it to the next round, mostly because they have been playing really well together. Right now they are in a major mm-hmm. winning streak. They've won five games in a row. And kind of their players have stepped up and become playmakers. And so, for example, we haven't really heard much about Joel Ingles for the entire season. Mm -hmm. But right now, he's averaging a career high in assists. I think it's five assists per game, which is like career high. And so Mm -hmm. you might not hear much about him offensively, but he's doing things on the court that doesn't really show up on the stats to make, to elevate the jazz. And then of yeah. course the jazz have Donovan Mitchell. He's good. He's young. And yeah. then they also have Rudy Gobert, who's been amazing on defense. I mean, he is the reigning defensive player of the year, you know, n- no big deal, but <laughs> no big deal. Right. Also, yeah. You know, but he's also been pretty good on offense. So it's like, they have this great little thing going on for them right now that if that momentum continues within the last games, I feel that they can really be a tough team for the Rockets. Again, like you mentioned, they ha- the Rockets have James Harden and Chris Paul and recently Clint Capella, who's been playing really well and has stepped up. So I feel like they're really going to give them a run for their money. And like you said, because it is redemption, they're going to nitpick. If this is the matchup that happens, they're going to be nitpicking, looking at everything, trying to see what they did wrong so it doesn't happen again. So Mm -hmm. they played them before. They're examining them. They're analyzing them and they want the win. And so I'm just going to give the edge to the Utah Jazz. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. So, um, Jumping into the the bottom half of that, the Western 
uh, conference bracket is right now. Again, if they play today, it would it would be Portland against the Clippers. Yes. So, yeah, I and I. Okay, go ahead. Tell me. Yeah, I have the Clippers. Obviously, not only because um, I've grown to become a fan, but because they have exploded in the last few weeks. I mean, they have the best, um, the best record, the best winning record in March, and actually since right before All Star Weekend, they're thirteen and two. Uh, through the month of March, and they're 17 and five since February 7th. And it's it's funny because it's like nobody's really talking about them, but these guys are looking pretty great. <laughs> I mean, they're averaging um, 116 points per 100 possessions, which again, like I said, is the best offense in the league right now. Now, obviously, it took them most of the season to get there, but it's kind of like at this point when I was just saying most teams are faltering because they're tired. They just want to get to the playoffs. The Clippers have actually found some momentum, which is extremely surprising. I I don't say I agree with you because I feel like the Blazers might beat the Clippers, but <laughs> I, with everything else that you said, I agree. They are a really great team. They've come a long way. I just feel that the Blazers are also a really great team, and they've also come a really long way. So it's true. You know, the they just recently had like really bad injuries. CJ McCollum is out due to like his knee, and mm-hmm. then you had Nurkic who had the really really ugh, gruesome injury, and so yeah. somehow they still managed to keep winning after that. And so I feel like the the Blazers are answering back to these injuries and not letting the injuries kind of get to them. And so. Mm-hmm. They have Damian Lillard, but they do not have all that pressure put on him. And so players have stepped up like Evan Turner and Seth Curry and Inez Cantor. They have really stepped up to help Damian and the Blazers and keep this like cute winning streak going. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The Blazers are kind of, I think, they're learning to play without their star players um, and their star center, Nurkic. So they kind of made changes, and those changes have worked. Recently, they um, the Blazers have started Ronnie Hood in the starting lineup, which has worked out for them. Uh, they put Jake Lehman back to the bench, which I thought was a great move because he wasn't really doing much. And then <laughs> they have, um, they also have been giving Evan Turner more minutes. And so we can see that that's kind of worked out since like Turner, I think he just had like a double double in the last game or something like that. But he's the changes they've kind of grown with it with other teams that would have just buckled under the pressure. Like for example, the Lakers, they had yeah. so many injuries and they just fell. Unlike the Blazers who have had these injuries and they still managed to keep winning. And I, and you know, McCullen doesn't have a timetable to return. So when he does return and if it is during the playoffs, that's just going to be an helpful addition to scoring. So I love the Clippers too. I love their, I love the, what they're doing, but I just feel that if the Blazers do have home court advantage 
that's going to be a key. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when you put it like that, they they seem to be almost very even teams because yeah. after losing um, Tobias Harris, you know, they had to adjust. They had to bounce back. And now they're mm-hmm. better than ever. And you have players who are stepping up like their big guys, Gallinari and Harrell. You know, Gallinari is now averaging 23 points and 52 percent shooting. Um, I mean, I was I was 52 percent. shooting. Yes, it's crazy. Within, I believe it's just a month of March. And I was watching some of his highlights today. And I mean, he's, he's great all over the floor. I think it's amazing. It's always a good advantage to have a big guy that can, can shoot the three, you know, can move with the ball, can open up the floor, can give assists. I mean, he's everywhere. He's all over the court. Um, And that's, that I think has really helped overall with the Clippers. He is, be- he's become a, di- a dynamic player, and for him to be in the lineup, he kind of just sets the tone for everybody else. Along with that, you have Harrell. He's shooting 63% now, and you have the rookies finally getting into the swing of things. There, I mean, Shy Gillius put up seven. I'm sorry, 23 points against the Cavs. I mean, it's the Cavs, but still 23 points. And then you have Sexton, too, who's also a rookie. He added 21 points in that game. So it's kind of like now they're they're feeling it. They're comfortable. They're confident. They figured out what game they have. So now they have young players who are understanding how to play with the team. You have veteran players who are understanding how to play with the team. And all that stuff is really meshing. So I think... Definitely, when you look at the teams, like, specifically player-wise and what they've been through, I think it's definitely more of an even matchup. I think the Clippers still, obviously, I'm not going to change my mind of who I win, (laughs) but I I think... I thought I had you. (laughs) No, 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 you don't have me, but I do think the Clippers just... I'm, I'm all about emotion with teams, and I think the Clippers just have a little bit more... I don't know, a little bit more emotion, just a little, like not even a lot, but just a tiny bit. <laughs> no, I understand what you mean. The, the Clippers are playing with more, I don't want to say, like they're playing more for one another. So it's very, yeah. they're going out there and having fun. And you're right. They do feel confident in themselves. I think out of the whole entire Clippers team, Patrick Beverly is the most confident in the Clippers and oh, his God. ability. That so, man's one of the most oh, men in the NBA. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, but, he's always but, himself. But that's why I feel like it's just going to come down to home court advantage and maybe up to game seven, you know, because these teams are very similar and they've gone through so much and they've both adapted. And so now we just have to see who wins. That's basically yeah. it because it's going to come down to minutes I feel because both teams are so great it's gonna come mm-hmm. down but I'm not changing my mind either <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so jumping into I think we have one more space down yeah yeah the nuggets and the spurs so who do you have so I have the nuggets and because I already know you're gonna have the spurs but I, <laughs> <laughs> I have the nuggets it's just Okay, one, you know, they have home court advantage, which Mm -hmm. I feel very important, especially when it comes to playoffs, because when you're playing at your home with your team, I think it definitely makes a difference. And 
the two times that the Nuggets lost to the Spurs this season, they were both at San Antonio. So you think, oh, well, if it's in San Antonio, we can win. And then when you go home, you're like, okay, well, we can win here. And so it's kind of getting into that mindset that they can win at home. And I feel like that's maybe what's going to happen. So I think the Nuggets have a better chance. And the Nuggets are also a younger team. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're definitely younger. Yeah, to piggyback off the the like home court advantage, um, the Spurs. I mean, obviously, I'm picking the Spurs because I'm just like I've become like a diehard fan covering them. But honestly, uh, they haven't been the best away team, definitely. And within the last few games, they've actually always been within five. Um, and whoever the home team is usually wins. So oh, that, that's a yeah, nice uh, it is very specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> but looking at that, and I've, I've kind of noticed that they've, they've had some really tight games lately, and it comes down to uh, their defense. So I think that's definitely going to be a, like a legitimate weakness, especially playing somebody like the Nuggets in Denver. I mean, their fans, I mean, San Antonio fans are pretty intense, but I, I've heard something about Denver fans. So <laughs> is that altitude? <laughs> no, I know, right? It makes them crazy. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm truly excited. This matchup stays like how it is. I'm excited because like I did say the Spurs are older team, but that doesn't mean they're like, it's bad. They're just They also have more experience, but then the Nuggets have a younger team, which I feel would make them kind of keep up if it does go to game seven. And like you said, Mm -hmm. the Spurs have been, the Spurs games have been decisive in the last minutes of the game. So when it comes to that, I feel that the youth is going to kind of be the decisive factor. Yes. And trust me, I think it's very hard to go against Coach Popovich and stuff. But mm-hmm. <laughs> they had a rocky start to the season. And I just feel like, like you said, they have to find a momentum going. And they just haven't had that. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. How many games do you think this series would go into? Mm, I honestly I wouldn't give it more than five or six considering how they're playing away and it's always two two what is it two two one or two 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 one so um if if obviously Denver is gonna have those first two games and if they win those two games and then you know San Antonio may come back and win two games in a row um mm-hmm. and then th- there would be really one game to decide it all uh I just, yeah, I just, I don't think it's going to go to seven. Yeah, I'm high five, six, because I feel like the Denver does have to win in San Antonio. If this matchup happens, they have to win in San Antonio. For sure. Because you don't want to get the Spurs too comfortable either, you know? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I guess everything stays the same and it looks good. But yeah, so, uh, so moving to the next part of the bracket, it would be, uh, Golden State and Houston for my for my side, and it would be mm-hmm. Golden State and the Jazz for you, correct? Yes, correct. So who do you, who do you have coming out of that matchup? Uh, I mean, it's totally hard <laughs> to go against the Warriors. You know, the thing I said in the last podcast, it's I'm not gonna go against the Warriors unless they show me otherwise, and they have not showed me otherwise. So I'm gonna stick to the Warriors. I still agree, though. The Jazz are a tough team and they are not going to want to get knocked off in the second round. So I see Mm -hmm. them trying. I see them playing. 
game six, game five, because uh, the Warriors are just the Warriors, and it's hard. Yeah, yeah. I think, honestly, if they played Houston, too, I think the Warriors would move on. Um, the only thing is that I think whoever comes out of Houston Jazz or whoever comes out of that second that, that second piece of the bracket, honestly, um, is going to give Golden State a hard time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that's going to be a really hard. Whatever the second series is for them, if they falter, um, it, I think it would be within that point. Yes. Honestly, looking at it this way, the Warriors in a, in a Rocket matchup in the second round, I think the Rockets, I mean, I would hope the Rockets have learned from the past seasons and find a way to come back and beat the Warriors just to make things interesting, make things different. Right, yeah. (laughs) Because honestly, I don't see the Jazz beating the Rockets. I mean, the Jazz beating the Warriors. I could see the Rockets beating the Warriors. Yeah. But because of James Harden. He's mm-hmm. his shooting is amazing. He knows how to. I don't want to say how to get fouls, but <laughs> he knows mm-hmm. how to maneuver his movements to get that extra point or work for that extra point, which kind of would yeah. match up against the Warriors and their amazing three-point shooting. So I would think the War the Rockets should have learned something by now to beat the Warriors. Will they? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the James Harden trying to take over could also be their downfall because he mm-hmm. could lose sight of, you know, having help, you know, and he just take it over for himself. And then, honestly, that may mess them up because he doesn't have anybody else putting up points. So it really could go either way. It, it's, it's tough with the Warriors. I mean, it's just hard. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to go against them. And we talked about, you know, Harden, Chris Paul. Also, by this point, if this matchup were to happen, Clint Capella would have to step up tremendously for, like, the entire game if this was mm-hmm. to happen. And and I could see, you know, if he steps up, I can see them beating the Warriors because then right now Capella is fifth in the NBA in rebounding. So if he rebounds, he can get more extra shots for the Rockets. He's also second in the NBA in field goal percentage, which I was kind of like shocked because that means he's shooting well. He's defending well. He's playing well then. And so if I feel like a combination of these three players against the Rockets could make it tough, just make it tough, you know? We'll see, because not everything in paper works out. (laughs) It's exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, moving on to the bottom half of it, the it would be on my side the Clippers, Spurs, and you have. Who do you have on your side? I would have totally different. I have Blazers and Denver. Yeah. So um, I would honestly, out of the Clippers, Spurs, I think the Clippers would take it. Over the Spurs. Um, really? I, love, I do. I love the Spurs, but I just don't think they have enough momentum if they make it past the first round to make it past the second. No matter who it is, I just don't think they have enough energy within their team to just keep that pressure on. Because you've seen, like, in their long 
um, away game stands and their long home, their home game stands have been pretty consistent. They're usually winning, but when they start going away and traveling a lot, they just can't get it together. So I just think that they won't make it out of the second round, no matter who it is. I wish they would, but I just don't think they are. And I think the Clippers with the, with the amount of energy that they do have, I just think they would wear them down. Um, and I think the Clippers are extremely motivated to play the oh. Warriors <laughs> in oh. the Western Conference Finals. I think they are like, that is like their only goal right now is to be like, we are the L.A. team, not them, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, or we are like the West Coast team, the team to beat in California, not them. First of all, I'm shocked that you went against your Spurs. Just <laughs> No, but I see what you mean. I see what you mean for sure. I honestly, I think like if there's a Warriors Rockets matchup, the Rockets somehow win, right? And mm-hmm. then it's the Clippers and Spurs. The Clippers are going to be so motivated to win just because I feel that, you know, that kind of, that kind of rivalry because Lou Williams mm-hmm. used to play with the Rockets. Chris Paul used to play with the Clippers. So it's going to be very interesting to see these two teams go against each other. But mm-hmm. I do agree with you. The Clippers just seem to be a little bit more hungry and a little bit more younger. And so if it comes down to that matchup, I can see the Clippers going to the Western Conference final, which would be amazing for their team just because they are so tired of being known as the other LA team instead of like mm-hmm. the Los Angeles team. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, I guess that won't be much of a problem once they move out of the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yes. But I agree with you. Yeah. Um, they, the Clippers are a very hungry team and once their game is always over or before their game, they always talk, they have like the chant and they say like that they're family. And so I feel like that just is being burned into their brain. And so they are playing as if they are family, as if they are one. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I can see them definitely going with against the Spurs and beating the Spurs mm-hmm. for sure. I agree with you. And what do you have like on your so side? Who you think for my matchup, I would have the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. And at that point, I would go with the Nuggets just because the Nuggets are a better yeah. team and they're more consistent, as we've mentioned before. Like the Blazers are still a tough team and they're still playing really well to, besides everything that's going around with injury. But I just feel that because the Nuggets have a little bit more chemistry, don't have to really worry about all those injuries and have been playing more consistent, I would give them the edge. Yeah. Honestly, if to see the Warriors, Nuggets, or Warriors, Clippers, like in the Western Conference Finals, I, Ooh, I would, that would be, be great. Yeah. Either or would still, still be like a great series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. the Warriors have beat the Warriors this season. And I think Mm -hmm. the Nuggets have not beaten the Warriors. So either way, it's going to be interesting because the Clippers are going to kind of have that win over them. So like, oh, well, we know what to do. We've beaten you before. And the Nuggets are going to kind of come into the game as we got beat last time. So we're prepared to come with everything just so, you know, for our reputation. For the little talk. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. So that's a that would be a great Western Conference matchup though to end. Yeah, it would. And um, I was us to say this honestly, like I said, if the Warriors make it out of the second round, they're going all the way. I just think that I think if somebody cannot stop them between like the first and second round, and they get past that, and then they get to the conference finals, like that's it. I mean, honestly, in the finals, uh, on the East side. I would probably pick the Bucks to go all the way mm-hmm. um, to the finals, and then they they would probably be like a Warriors Bucks match off, and I would want the Bucks to win. <laughs> Obviously, uh, I think wants to like see I them said, <laughs> no, like honestly, like. I would definitely want them to win. I think they would pick up a, like, put up a fight, but I don't, I just, like I said, if the Warriors make it past, like, that second round, I just don't think they're going to let off the gas, if that if that makes sense. No, you know? yeah, I agree with you. The Warriors are very comfortable. They know what they're doing. They've been here before, so it's hard to go against that and to try to beat that. Um, the Nuggets and the Clippers, they're going to contend. They're going to play, but I agree with you. I don't really see much of a team beating the Warriors just because it's the Warriors. And I'll repeat it one mm-hmm. last time. They have not shown me otherwise. Like, you know, they still have yeah. they still have Kevin Durant. They still have Stephen Curry. They still have Clay Thompson. They still have Draymond Green. So it's like the list just keeps going and going, going. on possible mm-hmm. players who can step up. They might lose a couple games just because they might not be shooting well one game but I do not suspect them to go on a bad shooting spree in like four or five games yeah that's what would need to happen for another team to win but I do not see that happening so I'm with you I have the Warriors going to the Western Conference Finals I mean for the East I would say the Raptors, actually. I like how the Raptors are playing. They're, I mean, they're really good, too. I mean, the East overall is looking at some stats. Like, they, this is their like their worst season overall, like, as a conference. Like, oh, they're all, yeah, I think they're all, like, all their averages together as far as um, winning percentage is under 500, which is, like, <laughs> so sad, hilarious. It's just like, geez, what are you guys doing? Like, how do you all suck together? <laughs> like, remind, uh, remind yourself to send that to me so I can send that to people who talk shit about LeBron James and how he's like, oh, my God, he left the conference. Now we can all win. So remind me to send that yeah. status to people. <laughs> uh, for real, though. But, like, even if you look at it, like, I'm looking at um, the brackets and the, the game um winning so uh the warriors and the bucks are honestly the most equal so they're f- the bucks are 58 and 20 and the warriors are 52 and 24 then with their eighth seeds th- the thunder are 44 and 33 mind you they've been sucking for like the last like week or so and yeah. miami uh, miami surprisingly first of all i would love to see Dwayne wade in the playoffs again before he retired but they're 38 and 39 so 44 and 33 and 38 and 39 that's already a big that's a huge difference like winning wise between the same the same eighth seed but just different conferences like that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) it's something we take 
for granted on the west side of the conference. <laughs> because, yeah, you know, like, yeah. You know, and I hate to talk shit about the Eastern Conference, but like you said, compared to the numbers, you really have to be a really great team to be in the Western Conference playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just have to be all right to be in the Eastern Conference playoffs, which isn't mm-hmm. really fair, but it is what it is until the format maybe is or they make some trying to make it more competitive i mean for the western conference all first all the first eight teams they're already set to be in the playoffs compare that to the eastern conference where they still have the sixth seventh and eighth seed are still kind of up for grabs depending on if you win or lose in just a few games so and honestly if i was if i was the kings i would be mad because the kings are kind of like in the same situation i can't we be in the east we would be like right there against trying to get right. into the you know we would be against the, like the nets and the 76ers like what like yeah. it's i don't know it's so funny to look at it and like what like what really happened because the east they used to be better but this season, yes. like like I was reading, it's, it's definitely been the worst as far as winning. Like, and it's like you guys are playing each other, so it's just like they don't really you guys they can't suck with one another. Yeah, they can't they can't get better because they're they're still playing terrible teams. <laughs> yes, like, yes. Oh man. Yeah, I feel bad for the Kings because looking at the Kings, though, I would be like, come on, like if I was in the East Side, I would, we, they would be okay. Yeah, I feel like if you put the Suns in the Eastern Conference, like they would be dominant. Like, <laughs> like, 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 it's crazy. Yeah. It's just crazy. Devin Booker would love that. <laughs> right, right. Thank you guys for tuning in to West Coast Mix and Bounce again. And we'll definitely see you after the playoffs. Well, in the middle of the playoffs, it's going to be super exciting to keep track of that. Make sure you're you're listening to us and you keep in touch. Uh, until next time, guys. My name is Brana Marks, and I'm with Leslie Torres. We'll catch you next time.